Welcome butts, welcome turds, and most of all, welcome chodes to the oh. twisted mind of River Do's and River Don'ts, where up is down, down is up, and Riverdale is a television show that we have to watch. <laughs> I am Quinn Welsh Wilson, one of your hosts. This is the show where we, every so often, sit down, <laughs> watch an episode of the CW's flagship show, Riverdale. We break it down for Are you. Are they doing that in bad? Detail. Are they doing that bad? Yes, they just got sold. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. They were not turning a profit on anything. Oh, shocking. Including all of their DC properties. Yikes. Dang. We break the show down in exhaustive detail. We give you that blow-by-blow play of what the show has to offer. Then we hit you with our River Do's, the thing in the episode that was the best. We hit you with our River Don't, the thing in the episode that was hog shit that belongs in a patch in the ground and covered up with sawdust. And then we hit you with the weekly weird, that little bit of the Riverdalian je ne sais quoi that bamboozles at delights and confounds. <laughs> I am joined, as always, by my two co-hosts. Uh, I am Arlie. Hello. And I am Rob. Hi there. Today, we are going to be taking a look at Season 3, Episode 18, Chapter 53, Jawbreaker, which was directed by Gabrielle Correa and written by Brian E. Patterson and Arabella Anderson. <sighs> Rob. Would you be so kind as to take us away with your extensive breakdown of the episode? This one is going to be a long one. Lord, give me strength. For some reason, which is not explained as far as I can tell, FP needs Jughead's help in examining Baby Teeth's body. In fairness, I guess he didn't get into law enforcement because of a passion for fascism or a gift for attention to detail. So maybe he does need help. I don't know. Right. Uh, in this scene, they're trying to make Jughead look like he's smoking. <clears throat> which I think is very funny. Wait, really? What? I don't he's remember He's got like that. a lollipop or something. He's, oh he's got something God. that's like cl- super obviously trying to embody. He can do some oral fixation after That's so funny because Cole Sprust uh, does actually like smoke a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> they're like, no, you're portraying a child. That's not allowed. But it just seems like a cool detective thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's obviously just trying to get the vibe. Ever Never spins an impressively cliche cult leader origin story for Betty, and I am not 100% sure at this point if he has a normal speaking voice or if he suffers from some sort of laryngeal sultry He's whisper gotta talk disease. Like this, because if yeah. he doesn't, it's going to cause him a lot of pain. He always sounds like he's about to reveal some information that's... Maybe gonna make him do something he doesn't wanna, <laughs> or maybe that he wants to do too much. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a, uh, it's very forced. He he has to make all of the teenage girls want to fuck him. That's what yeah. it is. Right. So, yeah. my my notes on this say this guy's performance is all whispers and pauses. Yes, I love Nick Cage. Correct. But uh, he he mentions here that Edgar Evernever is an assumed name. He says he used to be someone else who went by a different name. And on the one hand, from like the normal human perspective, right? 
like, oh, Bedgar Beverly. You mean Edgar Evernevers, an assumed name? I never would have guessed that. But then, when you actually look at the names of people in Riverdale, like the actual yeah. names, it's yeah. like, wait, hold on. So, like, Grundy's good, but Evernevers no good, no go. Isn't it Gertrude Grundy or something? Yeah, Gertrude Grundy, Archie, Dilton Doily. Uh, like Pop, you could just like Pop Principal Tate. Featherhead. Um, that's Pop nor Tate are like normal names. That's well, I guess Tate is, but anyway, uh, <laughs> amazing. So I just the like Blossom it was very family. Funny. Like whose last name is Blossom? That's not real. Very funny stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where like it immediately seems ridiculous, but then you think about how ridiculous the surrounding terroir is, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. You mentioned Pr- Principal Featherhead, but also Principal Weatherby is another one that's just like what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, they did name a man Warden Norton. Warden Norton. Yeah. yeah. And baby teeth and. Uh, what were what were Gladys's uh, goons' names? Lugnut, fucking Lugnut, and and there's a guy named Jinx at some point. There's Mad Dog, <sighs> like there's so many. Speaking of Mad Dog, it's Boxing Boy time. He's in a tournament this weekend, being run by Elio. Uh, I expect some sort of shenanigans. Scene is quick because he's got a fight to win and honor Baby Teeth. How to mm-hmm, win a fight mm-hmm. in a baby teeth honoring way. I mean, you gotta knock out those teeth. Cheryl then cheerily announces via school PA that the school is more or less cool with the open cult recruitment that is going on. Uh, then we literally have the main character sitting on a couch doing maid and butler dialogue. Wait, you mean to tell me that, insert recent plot development? Oh which is really funny because this is the first time we've had all of the crew together in what seems like forever. It could be the six to seven months it's been since we watched this show, but I feel like it's been a long time since they were all, like, adjacent. And they manage to just say stuff that everyone knows. <laughs> like, it's so good. <sighs> Lord have mercy. I'm going to try to get through what happens next here. So Betty's plan to break Alice out of these delusions that have been implanted in her head by the cult is to offer her proof that her brother is dead, which, like, isn't the whole point of why the cult has a hold over Alice, that she is allowed to speak to her dead son with them? Like, she literally said that exact thing was what was amazing about the farm. Mm -hmm. And so proving that he died is meant to somehow remove that power from them instead of just reify it. What the fuck is happening? Maybe she thinks that, like, Alice has spent so much time with her dead son that she forgot he's dead. Maybe that's her thinking. And that if if Betty can, like, show her that he is dead, she'll be like, ah, fuck, that's not real. But, like, it that doesn't, it still doesn't make sense. Tony wants to know what the fuck's up with Cheryl and Betty spills on this whole speaking with the dead thing, which again, obliterates the purpose of the last scene. Like, like we just did a scene where she behaved as though proving that someone was dead would break the farm's power. But now she's like, well, they, they let you speak well, to they, the dead. They truly believe that if you get owned with facts and logic, then like it's over. Then... She literally gets this thousand-yard pre-Eureka look on her face. And then she says, why, yes, Tony. It is true that Jason Blossom is dead. Everyone knows it. There is proof that he is dead. And that the means of his death was, in fact, murder. Who 
who decided that this was going to get played in this scene like it was a big revelation? Like, like we've literally known he's been dead from the first episode of the show. Remembering the instantiating incident of the entire series is somehow supposed to read as like a eureka moment in this scene. And I literally have no idea what the fuck is going on. It's very strange. Like we just talked about how in the last scene, she's like, oh, I'll prove that my brother is dead. That'll work. But it like won't because that's the whole point of why they have power over people in the first place. And now she's like, wait, 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 wait. Another person's brother is dead. I'm really on to something now. Oh my God. What is happening? Yeah, she got a bad idea and she's pursuing it relentlessly. Like no one is really able to like step in and be like, Betty, no, think about it. Why would that work? Like they literally, that's the trick that they do. It's the whole point of it. That's the the whole thing. Like even if yeah. you show them proof they, they've been speaking to this person recently, they're going to believe yeah. Yeah. like, come on. The thing that they have emotional investment in. Um, Quinn, I'm going to lean on your expertise here, I think, a little bit. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question from your perspective as someone who has worked in a therapeutic environment and done some work with mental health and has like significant education in it, right? If you're trying to break someone out of a sort of cult indoctrination situation, say, just as a, as a random hypothetical, and you know that they have been deeply traumatized by a loss of a close family member and that they're in a very fragile state of mind and that's why they're being preyed upon by this, by this cult. Where among the possible therapeutic approaches ranks showing Cheryl the video of her twin brother being murdered by her father? Like, 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 how likely is that to snap her out of it and make her think more healthily? Uh, I do want to be really clear in terms of, like, my positioning. I'm an associate marriage and family therapist. I've got a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. Uh, which, you know, this stuff, I would say, might be out of the purview of my specific scope of practice. So I don't want people to hear this and think, this is what Quinn therapist is saying. This is what I'm saying as someone who has watched the show, who's got some knowledge about, like, mental health and stuff, but I'm not speaking mm -hmm. from the position of expertise of a therapist. This is Quinn, layperson and civilian. That sounds fucking weird as a move to me. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, Betty? I feel like there's no scenario in which showing someone a video of another person being murdered, related to them or not... Uh, is a good thing to do. Correct. Also, why is Betty keep it on her computer? She's had it on her computer the whole time. I would have gotten that Years. nasty shit off of my computer ASAP. Like, that. Is, that is a snuff film, Betty. Yeah. What you have to it as on a your computer film. is a snuff film that is highly illegal. Uh, I, what the fuck? What are you doing? Although my notes do say Betty doing crimes again. So I guess... That is what Betty's doing. It's crimes again. I just, this blew my mind. Uh, and the next scene is similarly inexplicable. Veronica barges into Elio's steam room wearing a this towel. This was fucking weird. So this is a men's steam room, which it's pointed out. Hey, this is a men's steam room. But Camila Mendez apparently passes for male if she wraps a towel about herself. Because Which, otherwise, no. <laughs> otherwise, if it is not an effective disguise of being male to get her in there, there is no point. <laughs> there is no point whatsoever in her denuding herself. Correct. I, I don't even, I can't. I, uh... 
what is well, so happening? I feel about it that's what how is I feel happening about it. in this show in the next scene I forgot a minor character's name I'm gonna take you through my process I wrote HP Lovecraft or autopsy jr what was <laughs> his name jr. oh my god dr Curl jr <laughs> autopsy jr it's really good <laughs> Uh, I just have to point out that in discussing his findings in investigating Baby Teeth's body, he uses the phrases myriad traumas, ghoulish detail, and the true face of evil. Amazing. And it turns out that a matchbook from Penelope's brothel was down his throat when or after he died. Yeah, it's funny. He's like pointing this out. They've shown several people with like ritual runes carved into their flesh. And this is the line where Dr. Curl Jr. looks at the camera and said, whoever did this isn't even human. <laughs> I, just, I don't I don't get it. This is a guy who like in the past, we've seen him get really horny for illegal autopsies. Yeah, he loves it. And he loves to get paid in small bills, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like this guy is allowed to judge other people's character. Hermione, shut the fuck up! (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that? Yes. (laughs) That is is how every conversation with her goes. Your cats need to, like, get a job and sponsor this show. They are so fucking loud, every single one of them. (laughs) Hermione! She doesn't like not being able to be in the same room as me. Mm -mm. It makes Mm -mm. her so upset. I'm not allowed to poop with the door closed. The trials of pet ownership. (laughs) It's terrible. Anyway, sorry for the interruption. FP and Jughead question Penelope, just in time for a foamy drug freakout man to accost random people with a shard of broken mirror glass. Uh, it turns out that he was in the habit of using fizzle rocks to activate the old fizzle cock. Oh my god! Apparently, it's a boner drug now mm-hmm. too. It just does whatever does whatever you need. Like, it does your taxes? It's a it's a fucking curl. Fixes everything. Amazing. Alice interviews Veronica and Archie for local TV, promoting the boxing gym, and Archie cuts a promo via cue card on Elio's best punchman. So what's great about this scene, I do want to give some like legitimate props to KJ Appa, who mm-hmm. is managing to embody and perform an uncomfortable teenage boy sitting in front of a local news camera reading threats off of a cue card. Yes, this felt so real as a TV spot being filmed for local TV. I don't know how they did it. Like, where does this competence come from? It's super weird because, yeah, it just, it doesn't add up with everything else about the show. Like, think about how well they've handled anything like drugs or gangs or schools or street races or sports or prisons or anything. But local TV, man, they've got this down. Like, specifically Archie reading off of cue cards. It had the, you could feel him reading the cue cards. Mm -hmm. It it was so authentic. (laughs) He's like, wait, what am I saying? (sighs) Good show. But now it's time for Daddy Donner Hannibal Hour, so... (sighs) Cryptic discussion of a stone? Yeah, I I don't have any notes on this scene. I just say Betty meets with What the fuck is this? It's super fucking uh, funny. The main thing that I took away from this scene is not what happened in it. 
It was that we are 13 minutes into the episode and the opening uh, bottom credits are still happening. I oh noticed that, God, too. Oh, my God. Are you fucking yeah. serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord There's in heaven. There's a lot of people you got to give credit um, I to. Think, uh, I think that's just evidence to why the show feels so disjointed. Um, but hey, I, I also I think it's something um, that they can conveniently simply cover up with bottom third advertisements for other CW shows during the airing of the That is a good point. Show. That is a good point. Yeah. I think we're seeing the ghost of all that fucking chaos from the last episode. Like, the non-Netflix version that I watched. I have a note that just says, Return of Dark Betty, which I was very excited about, apparently. And I don't know if it's about this or something else that happens in the episode. No, I Maybe it was just hinted at. I don't know. I, I feel like she's making a comeback, though. Don't call it a comeback. Anyway, Veronica and Elio meet to discuss the terms of the boxing tournament. They flip a chip for the venue, and it will be held at the El Royale. I was confused by this. Do most poker chips have a head and a tails? I've never seen a poker chip with a head and a tail. I've literally never seen a poker chip with a head or tail on it, no. I think that they're the same on both sides, usually. Yeah, that's like usually Like, just flip a fucking coin, This is how Veronica And so I literally said, why not use a coin? I... It's it's not like a coin is a hard to get item. Where are they meeting? Are they meeting at Pops or Le Bon Nui? I don't know. It looked like the mafia think... restaurant where like Papa Poutine would have his dinners. Okay, but anyway, I don't know. It wouldn't have been hard to get a fucking coin. Yeah. No, but they did not. <sighs> Tony literally shows Cheryl a video of her twin brother being murdered. Normal. It achieves nothing. Yeah, Cheryl's just like, no, I don't believe you. Nah. By the way, this is the point at which I just, I felt so tired, like so worn out by the furious pace of these scenes where almost nothing happens. So I went back and looked and figured it out. The average scene length so far in this episode, 70 seconds. Oh my God. (laughs) That's not even a minute and a half. Nope. They gotta keep it moving. It's it's absolutely wild. That is literally, and and this is you know it's like a third of the way into the episode, so it's not an anomaly. It's not like I just like took a weird sample. This is what the show is like now. Yes, they hired the editor from SpongeBob. Oh my god, it's, it's something else. They they are making so many so many scene transitions. Just these tiny inconsequential, like what would function as a beat in a normal script is a scene in this show. The scenes don't develop. You just see a thing happen. Right. And so like there's or a person say a thing. Which means like they never seem to worry that much about connective tissue. Uh no. but they also don't worry about like tension or atmosphere Nothing can or like sustaining mood. Like they are just no. shotgunning this at you. And 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 yeah, nothing can escalate because nothing is around long enough for there to be a change. Because changes all happen between scenes off screen. We just see snapshots. It's exhausting. Betty takes Alice to show her Charles's grave. Uh, it achieves I hate nothing. This scene. The headstone's got no this dates scene. on it. She says, she says that it's a fake gravestone. How do you fake a gravestone? <laughs> You're missing the most important part, though, because before Betty suddenly chloroforms her mom, she sighs three times in a row and it's really weird no words in between she just sighs 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 with nothing of it like same shot oh my god 
But how do you fake a gravestone? I don't know. Maybe it's made of cheese. It's so funny. <laughs> you faked a gravestone. <laughs> she goes, did you fake a gravestone for this? <laughs> I don't know, Mom. Does this smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> That's not a normal way to sigh. I just did it, and it felt very weird. Yeah, no, no, it's it's very weird. It, like, it, it like blew my mind when I saw it. <laughs> it felt weird when I did it. I didn't yeah. like it. No, it's not good. The next scene is hilarious to me. Uh, they do a weigh-in for the well, boxing, and mm, they say that Elio's dude is no, 159 so, yeah, so pounds. I have, I have two things. There was actually a scene that you missed between these. Oh, where really? Archie is oh, just sorry, eating sorry. a bunch of hamburgers. I, just, right. I feel like Jughead, and I'm like, in terms of ways to bulk, I guess you could do that. But if you're going like for a competition, you also want to be like probably not weighed down with burger poison, right? No, it's it's so weird too because like the next scene's a weigh in. The weigh in is when you have literally starved and thirsted yourself nearly to death for a couple of yep. days, <laughs> so that you weigh nothing. And then that night, you rehydrate and eat a bunch of protein and, like, gain 20 pounds overnight and then kick the guy's ass. Like, that's the plan. Um, But he has to get into the heavyweight division, which he typically isn't. Oh, you know what? That actually makes some sense. So, like, that part is not bad. He has to juice it up. But But he should be eating cleaner food than this if he has to fight someone. You can eat a bunch of hamburgers if you want. If you want to put on some weight and you want to eat a bunch of hamburgers... More power to you. I've eaten a lot of hamburgers in my day. Um, but he should be eating, like, fucking, like, brown rice and sweet potatoes and protein yes, shakes and stuff. Because, like, yeah. like, and olive oil. If you're going into he's gonna feel like a shit. major athletic contest, the last thing you want to do is show up fucking bloated and feeling like shit. Because I don't yeah. think anyone yeah. is going he- to feel great after eating 19 hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> except for Jughead, except, except for Jughead, but Jughead's uh, uh, exception. Um, but yeah, and then, yes. it's it is hysterical to me that they say this My guy weighs first... 159 pounds when he plainly weighs 351 pounds more than that, even if he isn't tall. <laughs> they 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 list both of the weights for the fighters, and I can look at them both, and I can plainly say you, they're both off by. A significant margin. A ton. No way are these, like, when I, because I was, like, six feet tall, and I used to weigh, like, 154 pounds at a time in my life, and I was, like, a full-on twink at that point. Yeah, you would have looked absolutely (laughs) minuscule next to these dudes. Like, I was full, like, these people, they're pushing at least 180, more I than would that. argue like, more as than a that, fan yeah. of as a major fan of wrestle boys I'm like very good at telling how much a man weighs based on looking I, at I them. I think that TV is very bad at knowing how much human bodies weigh. Like you see it all the time with female characters especially. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, this woman is 105 pounds and she's like 5'8." And I'm like, "No, she would be bones. Are you kidding me?" Yeah, yeah. I mean cuz like just <laughs> There are some folks who are fairly high up in AEW who are sort of famous for not being super jacked like you expect expect a wrestler to be, uh, and that more streamlined physique allows them to do some absolutely ridiculous athletic feats. And, like, the one who weighs 204 pounds looks like a discarded toothpick next to these folks. It's oh so, my god. It's so weird. 
and like why are they 150 like i pounds? i feel like he there's no way tall there's, <laughs> there's no way that like kj appa weighs less than 220 pounds no he's like way more jacked than i was when i weighed 200 pounds because he's fucking built yeah that dude has muscles on muscles on yeah. muscles and, it, and the other guy is even like significantly bigger yeah, like taller and more jacked. Like, there's yeah, no way that dude weighs less than like 275. I'm. It is. You it is not nuts. convince me. That that guy definitely even leaned down like he is. He's over 240. Yeah. Like for no, sure. Like, these guys for are sure. Fucking, they're they're built. It's it's absolutely wild. And why the hard. fuck 159 pounds? These beef boys. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, why be wrong? <laughs> When Arlie points out, like, yeah, they do this with women, too, it definitely creates a thing where it's hard to think about, like, people watching this, especially younger people watching this, and then, like, pulling very wrong conclusions about about what bodies, bodies look are, like or should look like. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I knew a guy who was a total gym rat. He was, like, 220 pounds. And he, he's shorter than I am. He's like, I, I mean, as an adult man and me as an adult person, he is shorter than I am. He's like five, six or something. He weighs 220 fucking pounds. Yeah. Muscle weighs a lot. He's got a lot of muscles. Like, muscle weighs a lot more than the other stuff in your body does. Yes, like, like, like all of it. Like so much more like, than all of so it. so much denser than fat. Like it's ridiculous. It's, it's so full of water. Like, and dense fibers. Like, that's all it is. It's dense fibers and water. Yeah, Very so heavy of material. it's heavy. Yeah. It's so weird. Anyway. Long tangent, but yeah, this was very stupid. Uh, Betty has taken Alice hostage and handcuffed her to a cot in Dilton Doily's Funker. Oh, God. I forgot they were in the I, Funker. I did not. I was immediately like, why did you lock your mom in Dilton Doily's Funker? It's, that's what Weird thing to do. She tries to show her family photos. This will work for sure. She then leaves her mom there without food or water to go to school. And so, uh, where she immediately tells her friends about what she just did, the crimes yeah, the that crimes she just did. did. I also really love how like they're. It feels like they're continuing to push the Scientology parallels. When uh, Alice is like, uh, "The farm has done me great. I get to talk to Charles, and they got me a job on the TV." Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in case, I guess, okay, credit where credit's due. Two things happen in this scene. It's probably like the longest scene in the show. It's um, true. Th- they have this little talk, and then a cheerleader starts bashing her head against the locker while spaffing foam out of her mouth. She's got fizzle rock psychosis. Super normal. It's riveting stuff. FP utters the banger of a line, Jug, I need your brain, boy. He's dealing with another case of fizzle rock psychosis, and they're suspecting that there's a bad batch, like there's a, a hot batch of drugs going around. Jug, I need your brain, comma, boy. I need your brain, boy. Uh, Evelyn continues her streak of being weirdly predatory and creepy in bathrooms, sneaking up on Tony, vaguely frightening. Uh, yeah, this is w- one of the scenes where I felt like they were writing to try to get stuff on like social media, where Tony says, ruin her, bitch, I love her. And it, the whole framing <laughs> of it and everything, like I could see that as a Tumblr gif. 
like so they're trying to make a meme. The yeah. Like they they make it black and white. It, it's it goes mm. like really slow for some reason. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I've yeah. seen fandom spaces and like it it feels like they are trying to get this to like go. Clearly, that's the priority. That's what needs to be fixed about these scripts is like yeah, more meme worthiness. Mm. Yeah. Again. This is just WWE, but it's horny teenagers instead of, like, jacked-up muscle dudes. Yeah. Mad Dog warns Archie that Randy the Boxing Goblin is juicing on some new and clearly plot-relevant performance enhancer. And hooks Archie up with the evil foamy drugs to even the playing field if necessary. Well, I was like, yeah, so he just gives Archie HGH? Very fast acting. It's like a HGH Tide Pod, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, HGH bomb. He's going to come. Yeah. He's going to show up to the boxing ring tomorrow, and his jaw is going to be, like, so much whiter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just going to look like Batman the Animated Series, Archie. Oh, my God. It's totally normal. It's fine. Jellybean's playing G&G at Pops with some kid. Is this the murder kid? I don't. I think it is. I don't remember. I, it's been it's, half a year, and this story never made sense well, in the first place. I honestly I, I have feel no like idea. I, the kid. I look at the kid. I'm like, he's from somewhere. I don't know if he's the murder kid or not, but he's like related. Um, also, this I love this scene because they so don't understand role playing games. Mm-hmm. Like they really don't. The uh, whoops, you didn't do great on this one roll. Whole thing's over. It's done. Later, dipshit. You're, you've died. Good night. From what I have seen on Twitter recently. I don't know that anyone does understand role-playing games. That is true. I but... have been avoiding Twitter Yeah, like the plague. Uh, I think uh, they've wonderful, literally wonderful changed idea. the algorithm recently. I keep getting shown, like, I keep getting notifications for topics on my phone. Like, I will get a notification on my phone for topics, and I'm like, I don't care. I'll keep getting, like, reminded of, like, oh, hey, check out this tweet. And every time they try to show me a tweet, it's a tweet that it fucking pisses me off. Um, yeah. And then I feel like when I'm just scrolling through my feed and I've had other people corroborate this, like it feels like mind searing takes are mm-hmm. just way more frequent. Like I every three seconds, they want to show me something that upsets me. And I'm like, you've got to stop or I'm I'm going to have to make a call here. This isn't healthy. I, I I have done a pretty good job of curating my Twitter experience so that I pretty much only see hot goth girls, uh, which I, I love. Um uh, <laughs> Super good I for mostly, me. I, I do. Th- I, I must admit the takes have been in, infiltrating, but I would say that it's still mostly cute pictures of like raccoons and possums and dogs. And that's, stuff. A, that's a good job that's that you've nice. done. I've muted a bunch um, of terms. I get a take every once in a while, but I usually just scroll right past that. My muted terms are fucking hilarious. Uh, I will not read them all out while we yeah. are on the podcast. Yeah. I also very recently funny. changed <laughs> notifications so that I only get notified if people that I follow respond to me, which means at least I don't mm. have to deal yeah, with people good. like wandering in and who don't follow me, restating or strangely misinterpreting everything I say. Yeah. Yeah. What a fun time. River. FB and Jughead question the dried out drug oh freak God. out man. This oh achieves so, nothing. Yeah, this guy in the interrogation room? Um, No, no, no. This isn't because they're talking to Kurtz right now, right? Not yet. Okay. Because, yeah, I have a guy. I, I make note of the the interrogation a few scenes down. So they, they bring in an actor who looks so sad. Um, And like... <laughs> I don't remember who this guy is. He looks super sad, and my note is that he looks so profoundly sad that he could be an actor in Tim and Eric, because they have a penchant for casting, like, the saddest-looking men on Earth. But the scene is just, like, 
they go nowhere with the interrogation and so fp decides that they need to go after hiram lodge like that's all that happens in the scene they could have just gone to Hi- anyway. okay, so okay right so this the note that i made about this scene i didn't demarcate what was going on in it i i just say i forget why jughead can't rat out gladys because it would make his dad sad jesus christ you're right quinn what the fuck it's because it would make fp sad i was like is it something about jelly bean is it because of jelly bean it's because it'll make his fucking dad sad again i was like coming back to this well it's so long away i was like it makes no sense you know your mom sucks just fucking tell your dad yeah this is Bonkers. Like, I think the threat is that if Gladys leaves, Jellybean leaves, which will make FP sad. Cool. Pretty sure that's the whole thing. My God. Which is insane, because, like, if Gladys got arrested for making and selling drugs, uh, Jellybean would go to her other guardian, or parent, rather, which would be FP. That's not a real threat. But then I guess Jellybean could just run away? But, like, it's not... Is there a secret rule in Riverdale that if parents get divorced or separated the children have to be executed because that would actually (laughs) explain a lot it's like stardew valley yeah where they execute the children if your parents get divorced yeah yeah the children die they just stop existing game's pretty grim yeah i didn't know that if you have children with an npc in the game and then you divorce that npc i'm pretty sure the children disappear (laughs) no 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 hold on let me think about this uh it's either the children disappear or you keep the children and then you just cannot talk to the to your ex, um, which means that the children also can't talk to the ex. And if it's that, then it's like if you're pregnant, it, like if 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 the if you or the NPC that you're married to is pregnant, when you get a divorce, that child disappears. That's what it is. Um, you get an abortion, That's I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you can also um, do a late, an extremely late term abortion via the witch that lives in stardew valley um you can can ask her to basically turn your children into doves doves um doves like a bird doves (laughs) just good stuff happens to you on the internet (laughs) um i love stardew valley i think that Uh, it's a great game we can have from this conversation is that stardew valley is significantly more interesting than riverdale oh yeah Yeah, like way more um not even a contest no uh can we do a Stardew Valley podcast instead? I mean, can we do it now so I don't have to talk about the rest of this episode? Um, Alice, it turns out, is burning all the family photos down in the Funker. I guess that'll do for a commercial break. <laughs> like, that's... Ah! That, and yeah, that's, that's when I say in my notes, this show loves 45 second long scenes. Yes, it's so It good. really does. Uh, Evelyn then braces Betty for Alice's location, threatening her, which is a bit foolish uh, because Betty will straight up murder you. She'll do it with her bare hands and sleep like a baby after. The cool thing, though, is that I write this note and then she fucking says it. She literally shoves her against a locker, which felt like more, quote, if fishing. Like, I was like, oh, yep, this one's for the fans. Yeah, they are gif farming. It's true. This must have been the return of Dark Betty uh, note that I made. Yeah, yeah. This feels more correct. I did not take a lot of notes on this episode. (laughs) The, the the episode's no. just a piece of shit. It's um, so bad. I did I did like this scene a lot though, where Betty is just threatening. Evelyn's I will life. straight murder Felt you. Good. She says. Uh, Tony attempts to seduce Cheryl out of going to a farm meeting, and in an episode full of uh, attempts to do stuff that fail, this one succeeds. Amazing. 
The boxing boys then gather at Baby Teeth's grave, vowing pugilistic vengeance on whoever the bad people are, I guess. This scene made me so sad because at no point can you actually read the headstone. So we cannot see if it says Baby Teeth. I tried. I went through literally (laughs) frame by frame to see if I could read this headstone. I could not. I'm so sad. I'm very annoyed at the at the way that this shook out uh, to make this happen. Um, deeply disappointed in that. Bartholomew baby teeth yeah. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of his last name still being Teeth. Teeth. <laughs> and he was the youngest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, he was baby teeth. Yeah. Not baby teeth, but baby teeth. Well, I he really, again, I like the idea that it says True. baby teeth teeth. Yeah, very good. <laughs> So you should be writing for this show. Literally anyone else but the people who are writing for this show should be writing for this show. Uh, Betty listens to Alice's cult indoctrination tapes where Alice admits that she's afraid of her own daughter seeing too much of Hal in her. Which, you know, like, let's give a tiny bit of credit. They have reset up how scary she is just in time to do this scene. It's like they planned multiple scenes in the episode to fit together, which at this point, I'm actually They, they can't by. string them together between episodes, but sometimes they'll get a little bit of a runner going in a single episode. Although this might be a monkeys and typewriters situation, too. We've had a lot of that episodes. Is true. <laughs> so we'll see. Some off-screen business at the brothel, like, ham-fistedly slams Jughead and FP's story into Archie's story in a scene that lasts, like, two seconds, is what I've got written here. Mm-hmm. Betty confronts Evernever for some reason. Like, this is a cult leader who is directly profiting off of exploiting people's grief, uh, including Betty's mom. And Betty apparently thinks that in some sort of reverse Hiram Lodge defense situation, turning up and saying, that's bad, to Evernever will accomplish something. It's very funny. She could have done that at home with a therapist, she says. He's like, cool story. I'm going to take your mom for everything yep. she's got. I'm going to suck her I'm dry. the bad guy. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, cool. Thank you. Would you like to be horny about me or do you want to get the fuck out? Oh, my God. <sighs> Betty picks Alice up, blindfolds her, and takes her to Evelyn. Sort of doesn't make sense, but she can't just keep her captive i guess so giving up i guess is for the best she just doesn't she just doesn't like strike me as the character who gives up because a situation is difficult and dangerous or even if it's a bad idea to not give up like that seems weird uh something stupid is probably brewing but i guess we'll see and now veronica gives archie a gay little boxing uniform yes it's it's pretty it's pretty fruity veronica gives archie with some sick boxing gear uh they have an almost kiss moment and Fred totally does not buy the Just Friends bit that they are trying to do. And where the fuck is Reggie? Yeah. No. He wasn't in the last episode hiatus. either. He's hibernating. Is Josie still dating Archie or did that stop happening? Uh, no. She shows up to the match later this yeah, episode. I was like, wait, what's their relationship again? Are they together or? Well, Josie doesn't like the idea of them dating for some fucking reason. Career? I don't remember. Is it her music career? Yeah, something like that. She's too good for everybody. I don't know. I like uh, Josie, but she's got an attitude problem, I think. I, I literally know. forgot she's, and she's thought... She's very dismissive of everyone I literally else. forgot and thought that she had already been written out of the show. No, she's in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is later. She and Veronica are, like, cheering right. together. and then she showed up and I was like, oh, wait, she's still in this. Right, weird. Cheryl informs Tony that Evelyn has done the classic cult victim isolation ultimatum. This leads to Tony joining or fake joining the farm. And the next scene confirms that Tony is, in fact, a mole in the farm. 
maybe this time it will work. Betty's just this, throwing yeah. girls at them. <laughs> is, is this when they all walk down the hallway? Yes, and, it is. And all their, yeah, I fucking, the white sweaters that they are making these women wear are a fucking crime. It's really funny, and I will <laughs> I, say that every time, because they keep doing this in both episodes, we've had like shots of like the farm, like walking down the hall in their white outfits. Doing, doing the, the slow motion walk, yeah. walk every in the, time I in see the it, fits. I do hear yeah. just one, two, three, now you're playing with the big boys. <laughs> with the big yeah, boys. Yeah, Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh. like, I just, I I have I have a problem with whoever is picking the costumes for the farmies, because, like... I have a problem with the term farmies, too. Sure, uh, fair enough. To, to be on point here. But the, the particular clothes that they are forcing like Cheryl and Tony to wear specifically like you can see their bras through the shirts or through the sweaters whatever they're like weird short-sleeved sweaters I think that like Cheryl's is a short-sleeved sweater that's also a mock turtleneck like please pick a fucking struggle I am begging you like I know I know that that's not why people watch the show they don't watch it for the fashion like 90% of the time but my god I feel like Cheryl is, like, either extremely brainwashed or they just don't give a shit about, like, a pretty, like, large part of her character going, like, throughout the show is that she cares a lot about fashion. She wouldn't fucking wear this. Anyway, that is... I, I cannot stand the white sweaters. They, they, a crime against humanity, in yeah, my it's opinion. Pretty, pretty bad. FP and Jughead roll up on Kurtz the dealer, and Archie gets ready to rumble. Josie is a bit suspicious about the gifted boxing gear. The thing gear. is, right, with the fucking, the Kurtz thing, them just catching Kurtz, mm-hmm. like, pretty, almost essentially off screen. Uh, they just, yeah. like, allude to it. They show up, and he's like, oh, no, I'm caught. I'm like, then you could have <laughs> just caught him last week. What's the point yeah. in doing this? I don't this? know. Did they want to give the guy another paycheck? Like, do they have to pay him a, an additional thing if he was appearing in another episode? I maybe they're trying know. to cut. Yeah, maybe it was part of the deal. It just seems super weird. I don't. It is. It's like because it. Strange. Him running away was like a deflationary maneuver, but then they don't ramp the tension yep. back up, and so it just seems completely arbitrary. Yeah, they they really don't know how to build tension or maintain a plot thread for more than like a part of an episode. Like this. <laughs> This show has, like, some sort of degenerative brain disease. Like, it's getting more and more, like, unable you, to hold on to anything. Would, would you say that it has a terminal brain disorder? <laughs> I'm sorry, I am making a reference to another show uh, on a different network. But, um, yeah, the, the Euphoria friends will know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway. We'll talk about Euphoria some other time. Yeah, I just had to, I just had to get the lick in. Um, Hal signs some divorce papers and announces to Betty that he wants to come home. LOL, okay, is what I wrote. <laughs> I don't think that they just, like, let mass murderers oh, no, out of divorced. prison. He's free now. Yeah. I don't think that that's why <laughs> no, he was in prison. They have to let you out of prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's very funny because that like <laughs> one one weird <laughs> trick lawyers hate him <laughs> not only that but like there's the there's the whole like if you're married you can't be arrested for yeah. the same crime or whatever like are they just gonna put alice in prison like how does this work randy the boxing goblin goes berserk on a drug that they call uh, yeah. g 
Is it Fizzle Rocks? No, is it something new? Why do we suddenly it's, call it's something G G's? for Gargoyle? You're G wrong. for Gargoyle. It's G Fuel, the strongest performance enhancer known to gamers. Oh my god. Ah, uh, yes, you're probably right about that. But the ref is clearly bought and paid for. He's not. <laughs> ref's not going to do a damn thing about this. Uh, good thing Archie just knocks him out anyway. It's so funny. It's like, yeah. he's an unbeatable opponent. There's no way you can do this unless he's unbeatable. He's twice your size and he's on berserk rage drugs. But what if you punched him in the face? I have a note here um, because like them calling it G just made me think it was an analogy for heroin because heroin is referred to as H. And as far as I know, it is the only drug that is referred to by a single letter. Uh, um, ketamine. K. I guess. I, I mean, I guess ketamine. Makes Ecstasy. But G and wow, H are right I was next not to each other in the alphabet. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's actually pretty, right. pretty common. You're right. Okay. In my defense, I don't do a lot. I don't do a um, you know what? I, I like drugs with longer back. names. What are you gonna do? I take it all back. Is really funny. So <laughs> my notes here do say that if you knock out a guy who's high on G fuel, it will kill him instantly. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's, if that's you tie the, in the game, you yep. tie in real life. Yeah, it's it's the like weakness of the whole thing is that you die immediately. He does look pretty dead, and Archie's all like fucking concerned about it too. Yep. They do try to cancel the match, which is really funny. <laughs> they have Keller go over and be like, you can't do this. The guy's high out of his mind. And the referee's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my uh, problem because... Gatorade G no. Fuel for Gamers isn't illegal. Yeah. FB and Jughead question Kurtz, who very helpfully informs them that the Gargoyle King has demanded the blood of the Jones family. Aside from Jellybean, who they seek to indoctrinate. Uh, Murder Kid brings Jellybean out into the woods where she meets the Gargoyle King, or, in fairness, the, like, seventh person dressed as the Gargoyle King. Who <laughs> fucking knows? She's been summoned by the king. How? How is this worthy of ending an episode on? I don't We've know. We've done this 9,000 well, times. You did miss the part where, like, in the scene before, Kurtz lets them know that Baby Teeth was just the warm-up to the ultimate quest. The... <laughs> The quest to save the little princess. And destroy the Hellcaster. <sighs> well, that episode uh, took years off my life, uh, but Arlie, can you can you tell us at least one thing that wasn't completely fucking horrible? I like the Dark Betty comeback. I liked Betty threatening Evelyn's life, and I don't know if it's because I like Dark Betty or because I hate Evelyn, but either way, it was good for me. So... Fair enough. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Mine is similar, actually, my Riverdale to that. I do have a caveat. I've tried very hard to remain unspoiled on Riverdale, but there is, like, a specific thing that I liked in this episode that I know will not play out properly because of a spoiler I have from the future. Rip. Uh, but, so I know that this goes a stupid place because of spoilers, but the concept is at least something. When When Betty finds out that her mom is afraid of her because of how fucked up and dangerous she seems... I was like, oh, oh, that's cool. We could build some tension there and like, and yeah. some psychological thriller stuff going on. Kind of like we tried to do a little in season two when like Chick was no, around. It's really funny because like I know where Betty ends up in some respects, and it's just like, wait, okay, cool. So, so this is again, it's a very heavily caveated uh, Riverdue 
I mean, even reconciling it with the end of the season, not even where like where the show is now, is just oh, disappointing. Disappointing, but it's a it's a fair Riverdue to have. It could have been good. Quinn, what's at the bottom of your barrel? The thing is, like, I looked at my notes and I didn't have my Riverdues and Riverdones because I was just like, I was so exhausted by this episode when I watched it that I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. This is this is horrible. Um. <laughs> So I'm going to let you know that the bottom of my barrel, my Riverdue, is during the scene where Hal signs the divorce papers, on the wall of his cell is a shitty watercolor painting that he has proudly posted. Quinn continues with their wall art extravaganza. Yeah, so it's... It's the You really said bottom of the barrel, holy shit. This episode was so bad. This might... I didn't know... (laughs) know that the bottom could get bottom or this episode might be the worst episode of riverdale we've watched certainly after having taken such a long I'm break s- the thing is it I, wasn't I even i feel like-, like that one episode with jughead's birthday may still be worse that but, one was pretty bad but like it's hard to say this one was just like absolutely miserable this was more of an energy vampire than well, that that's one the thing. though like, for i walked sure. out of this and i was yeah. literally too tired to do the thing where like i finish my thoughts <laughs> like i was like no i'm going to sleep now <laughs> no more when thoughts. we had to reschedule the recording now. i thought should i rewatch those and i said no i'm not fucking doing that to myself <laughs> 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 oh man oh, this is pretty bad um my my river don't is a toss-up um between how weird and weak i thought the boxing plot line was and how fucking much i hate the white sweaters <laughs> it's between those two it could it could go either way i did talk a lot more about how much i hated the white sweaters though so i think it has to be that one yeah Although you may have been just, like, gripping that like a drowning person on a flotation board. Honestly, you might have. Uh, it, was like a, it was like a tangible thing I could hold on to. Was, yeah. I hate these fucking sweaters. But my Riverdone is temporarily quite close to the sweaters issue, which is just the next scene, actually. Which is just that you get the four main characters literally sitting <laughs> on a couch talking about stuff that they already know. Like... I don't understand why you would unnecessarily do the thing that literally in creative writing classes they immediately tell you is the thing you should never do. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, wow, we just made the worst scene possible. Fuck you, and it's audience. it's the only time they're all together. It's so funny. I miss the days of the Lodge Lodge where they could just hang out and make out with each other and it was yep. fine. Don't We don't have to think about what came after that, though. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, so... Lodge Lodge will always have a special place in my heart because of the amazing book that happens. Yes. Again. In a way, Lodge Lodge is directly responsible for everything that has happened in season three. That book, those books, both of the ones that we've read so far, are just these phenomenal. I can't fucking wait until we get to the next one, Phenomenal exercises in wheel spinning. Like, that's all there. It's as much wheel spinning as they can It's Cirque du Soleil. It's so impressive. Uh, anyway, it's my amazing. river don't is the the desperation that wafts off of this episode of them repeatedly doing things that feel like them looking at the camera and being like, screenshot this, make a gift. Talk <laughs> about this, please. Get Notice it us. Trending. Care about this. We gotta get it trending. Yeah. 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 Pretty, pretty bad. Um, my weekly weird is 
fake gravestone. How the fuck do you fake a gravestone? Uh, I believe you'll find that uh, we said cheese. <laughs> you said cheese. There was no agreement on that. Fair um, what? Wait, what if, what if Charles Smith is Baby Teeth's name? Just a mm, thought. That makes you think. Just a thought. Um, probably not a thing, but Oof. yeah, fake gravestone. What the fuck? No, get out of here. Hate that. My weekly weird... Wait, that was your weekly weird. Yeah, so my weekly weird... That was weird... my weekly weird. I just also hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. On that note, my weekly weird could be a river do or a river don't as well, which oh, means wow. that you really know that it's a good weekly weird. That's very fair. Um... It is the bizarre way that they treat what they expect to happen with the people being indoctrinated by the farm. There are two scenes back to back where Betty plans on breaking her mom out of it by proving that her brother is dead, even though she already knows that her brother is dead and like touts the fact that she is able to speak to her dead son as the thing that is good about the farm. So like it just makes no sense within its own scene. And then we go to the next scene they make the move again. They do it again. Betty says that the farm is letting people speak to the dead, but if we prove that Jason is dead, this will make Cheryl not be in the cult anymore. They are doing one plot beat, two scenes in a row, and they contradict themselves two scenes in a row. It's, it's breathtaking. astonishing. It truly is. So that's my weekly weird, because like it could be, in an ironic way, by far the best thing about the episode, but it's also kind of objectively the worst, too. But like really it just it just it just really puts my mind into a blender. Yeah. So for me, I have a runner-up this week. Uh so my runner-up weekly weird is Edgar Evernever's performance. He's jerk. Oh, breathy. <laughs> Jesus. Pauses. The way he lets you know that I'm here for your mom. Going to bust now. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like the character is edgy. It's a lot. It's it's really intense. Uh, then my actual weekly weird. We didn't touch on this too much, but in the scene where they go to visit the brothel, they went to the brothel because Baby Teeth went to the brothel. Baby Teeth, who is being held at the Leopold and Loeb Juvenile Detention oh, Facility. Oh no. It's a brothel. Nobody oh. takes issue with the fact that the brothel, like with the fact that Baby Teeth is a minor visiting a brothel and that Penelope oh. openly and proudly served Baby Teeth, the minor. Doesn't she say like all are yes. welcome here or some shit? Yes. Mental maturity should be more than enough. Yeah, I was thinking about that video. God. I watched that yesterday. Hey, do we think that... Do we think that Penelope is a pedophile? Can we yes. make that yeah. conclusion at this Why point? Why not? She's certainly a pedo like, enabler. All of the weird shit, all of the weird shit she did with Cheryl. When, Her philosophy is ugh. all comers. Ugh. So yeah, like that could easily ugh. have been my river dump, but like we didn't really yeah. touch on it, and it goes so unexamined. But like oh, that yes. was the first thought like, in my it, mind. It literally flew past me, and, and that and was then in you my notes. Like, I'm like, wait, you, you broke the spoiler glass. He See, the, the problem that I have is that all of these actors look like full adults because they are full adults. And so I don't always think about well, stuff like that. See, when you talk about but, Euphoria, I was having a conversation with friends the other day where they were talking about how one of the characters is like always naked and also crying. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's fucked up, like, especially because she's a minor. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't really think yeah, about no, that. Yeah, no, it's literally because she has, it's because Sydney Sweeney has big boobs and Sam Levinson is yeah, a fucking that's, perv. That's, that's what literally what it is. Um, 
But, like, people are like, oh, wait, I didn't think about that because, like, they look so grown up. And it's like, yeah, they do. Because they're, they're adults. The Sydney actors Sweeney, are the adult adults. woman, is an adult and it's cool if she's naked. She's my age. Well, she's only, like, a couple months older than me. So, like, yeah, she is an adult, but the teenager that she's playing is 17. So, like, I don't really need those boobs out. So, um, thank you. Yeah, Long show for you if that's not uh, what you're there that, for. There's I, a lot of boobs it. and dicks on that show. Like, maybe someday I'll give it a shot. I've heard that, like, the stuff about it that's it's good a lot. is good. But that's a bit much. Zendaya's plotline is so good. I don't really give a shit about most of the other stuff. To me, I mean, yeah, my hot take is that it's just Riverdale with visible sex. Like it's and it's so much better than Riverdale. Um, but it's but... it's mostly just misery porn and then actual porn was was what I I, I am not yeah. a, not a fan overall. Like that's fair. Um, I like. I like Zendaya's plotline, and also it's the one where no one fucking gets naked, like, 90% of the time. She has ironclad contract. This is something I was talking to my friends about as well, where, like... Which, like, good for her, it, but they should afford that same opportunity to the rest of the actors. That was a part of it, and it's, like, it's because of Disney. Like, Disney's at the negotiating table being, like, you're not allowed. She was on Disney, so you can't see her boobs. You're not like, taking Zendaya's clothes off. We will literally send, like, an international death squad to secretly like, murder Like, it was okay you. when Scarlett Johansson... They already had to deal with with Bella Thorne, so uh, is <laughs> uh, um, a little a little knowledge for those who aren't Disney heads. But uh, Zendaya and Bella Thorne were on Shake It Up together, and Bella Thorne it, has had many many incidents in the online news over the last couple of years for um, being like gross, like really aggressively gross and sexual uh, and like demanding attention for being gross and sexual and like make like wanting people to watch her have sex and be sexy. And like I, I guess like it's fine, but also the aggression that she does it with is very unsettling to me. But they've already had to deal with that from her. Um, Disney is the they in this in this instance. So I feel like they don't want Zendaya to also be in that position, like yeah. in a TV show. Although to close so. down perhaps this uh, tangent, like it's again, like yeah, Zendaya gets that contract. But oh, I wish they'd afford the opportunity to the other actors. Well, but they wouldn't because the point of the show is that people who are depicting teenagers are naked. Like that's literally why it's popular it's yeah it's yeah. i mean it's an hbo show so they're obsessed with, with it's just it's really dicks, frustrating because so. like it sounds like sometimes they try to say stuff and then other times they don't and because it, it sounds like there's there's portions they, of the show that are relegated to titillation and i don't think that yeah like they're it sexualizes kids so right and like that's much. where it gets weird for me because like, yeah. i don't necessarily think that like having something that puts titillation forward as like an end in and of itself is necessarily wrong. Even if it's not pornography, like you can just have something that's kind of titillating and like have that. But why not have the fucking characters have, be adults? That's exactly it. And like for me, yeah. I, I personally. It should be a show that takes place in college. Like if it's, if, it, if they still want to do it with young adults. Anywhere like, in the world be, where it anywhere is a kids. And like, even putting the titillation forward is likely to turn me off specifically as a viewer because of my engagement with sexuality, which is that, like, I'm I'm demisexual. Like, that doesn't really do much of anything. Right. It's not gonna I'm do not much. sitting there like, oh, yeah, I'm really titillated right now. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, even as a person who is not demisexual, I watch it. And I'm just like, OK, the boobs are out. Can we, like, get to the next scene where this isn't happening? Uh, and then... Th because, like, the scenes where the boobs aren't out are great. And when you make it, so, like, those scenes are just there for having boobs. When you make it their child boobs, it's really, 
I hate it. It's it's miserable. And so yeah. yes, I'm, I'm not a big fan. Watch Euphoria for that reason. That's incredibly valid. Uh, I think that the show has a lot of merit, but um, I'm also more probably I guess I don't know more willing to wade through all of the bullshit with them being naked. Um, that's not a flex. That is just oh the no. Way like it I is, watch anime. So. I know what it's like to have a higher tolerance for bullshit than somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I'm never going to shame anyone for for being able to extract some value from a piece of media that I can't. You know, like if it's not birth of a nation, like it's fine. Like nothing's nothing's going to be perfect. It's just it's sort of not for me because of all the like it gives me kind of a, a grimy vibe. Yeah, like my favorite parts of the show are the like thriller, anxiety-inducing parts of the show. Yeah, the that have drug nothing to dealing do stuff sex. is really quite interesting. But yeah, like, like so Rue getting much child fucking like between Rue being like about to be trafficked, like the not actually being sex trafficked, but about to be. That's that's exciting stuff. It's horrifying, and then she gets away, and it's great. It's sort of the opposite of Riverdale because they build tension forever. <laughs> and then nothing actually happens. No, that, I yeah, I I have a lot of mixed feelings about Euphoria. But I do think that this conversation once <sighs> again proves that even for me, talking about a television show that I've only heard things about and never seen <laughs> is more interesting than talking about. More interesting than this fucking episode of Riverdale. <laughs> oh God! I guess it How all stays in now. Fuck! We don't have to keep it in. We can kill it. But I did, I gave you a roadway out if you want to take advantage of it. <laughs> River News and River Dance was brought to you by our mutual ingrained self-hatred and viewers I, like you. I forgot um, what we were doing for a minute there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to be back next time with uh, chapter 54, episode 19 of the season, Fear the Reaper. We'll see wow. if that's a thing that is good or not. Uh, and, you know, a little inside baseball here. We're probably going to watch the next episode, too, and record two episodes back to back. But, uh, you know, uh, that's just a little uh, bonus for those of you who have stuck with us this far. But uh, for River News and Riverdones, my God, this episode sucked shit. I've been Ralph <laughs> and Quinn. And I've been Arlie. And we'll see you for an episode that, while I would think statistically has to suck less, <laughs> will fucking Who's see. Who's to say? Us next yep. time, probably. But. <laughs> and remember, listeners, if you take G Fuel, take care not to get punched in the jaw. You will die immediately. You will die. You die in the game. You die in real life. It's very simple stuff. <laughs> God. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, that, that's it. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.